Well, welcome to this third episode of this podcast from Jazz Community Church, looking at the vision of the church in 2019, the year of recording. Now, you'll be pleased to know that today it's not just going to be me talking. Helen, who is a member of our church, part of our um, our congregation, uh, our community, she's going to be sharing a few thoughts on the vision for Jazz Community Church and particularly her heart for creativity, her heart for prayer and her heart for discerning the voice of God in amongst all of that. So we look forward to hearing from her in a moment. Uh, but before we do, just a reminder that you can connect with us on um the website www.jazzcommunity.church and if you search for Jazz Community Church on Facebook, Twitter, all the usual places you will be able to find us and uh, if you are able to it would be great to see you on a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock at the the church on Cambridge Road um, in Kings Heath, Birmingham in the UK. Do um, come along and meet us there. So now let's have uh, a listen to Helen. Good afternoon. Um, it's great to, to share with you this afternoon. Adam says I'm going to be responding to some of the things he said, um, but I must admit to having had a bit of a, a change of plan. Um, so maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, other than PE, which as a musician is a strange thing to say already, um, I would say to you that my favourite class at school was art. I, I can still remember making clay objects in the style of Gaudi, you know, the, the, the man that made the ridiculous looking things in, in Spain. <laughs> um, and I can remember making an enormous papier-mâché bowl and painstakingly painting it. I can remember doing some painting in a kind of Aboriginal style with yellow, red and gold dots and lines on black paper. And I can remember being given a little mirror so that I could do a self-portrait. And above all of these activities, I can remember the day when my teacher, my art teacher, who was also my form tutor, decided to give each one of us a dead fish to paint. Um, it was just on a plate, in, anyway. And, and as this project wasn't finished on the first day, she kept all the fish in a fridge to bring out next time. And, and our form room stank for weeks. But all of these memories that I have of art class at school only last up to when I was 14. Because I had to make the heartbreaking decision over what to study for GCSE. And I'll be honest with you, uh, with music, I was looking at an easy A star. So art disappeared over the horizon for me. And I now kind of wistfully watch the Great British Painting Challenge and I admire my mum's latest pieces. The BBC recently commissioned a study in partnership with uh, UCL, University College London, to look at creativity in the UK. And they found that even the briefest time spent on a creative pastime, such as painting, pottery, playing the piano, gardening, um, has an impact on our well-being and our emotions. It distracts people from stress, it gives us headspace to process problems, and it builds up self-esteem and confidence. And at the latest Jazz Community Church team meeting, we were thinking about our target audience, who they might be, and we thought perhaps one of the audiences that we have might be creatives. 
And, and that's, I suppose that's especially true here in King's Heath, which is kind of a bohemian sort of creative type of place. Um, and then with the wonderful uh, use of jazz music um, that we have here. In the original vision document for Jazz Community, Community Church, the very first line reads this. Our purpose. Jazz Community Church exists to help people become fully alive and deeply human, following the example of Jesus Christ. And, and one of the buzz phrases among theologians nowadays is that Jesus is the one who shows us what it means to be fully human. He shows what living to our full potential really looks like. And that's the sort of route that that purpose statement we have is going down, and it fits really, well, it's part of our strapline of improvising life following Jesus. So how can we have even more insight into what it means to be fully alive and deeply human than, than following Jesus, which is a great one? What about God himself? Um, we can look at the blueprint of humanity in God's creation. You, um, I'm sure you all know uh, Genesis 1.26 where it says, um, let us make humankind in our image. And we've already sung a song about the Trinity, and you can imagine um, the Father, Son, and Spirit just rejoicing in creation, saying, yes, let's make humanity in our image. And when you think about that, verse, verse 26 of the first chapter of Genesis, what, at that point, do we already know about God? Well, we know that God is creative. Um, the very first verse of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. And then the next few verses leading up to verse 26, um, in those verses it goes on to describe what God makes and how he feels about it. It was good. So God is creative. He enjoys being creative and in looking at what he's made. And at that stage, that is all that we know about God in terms of his activity and character. And we know that we are made in that image. There's creativity woven through the Bible, both for good and for ill. A huge chunk of scripture is made up of music and song, not just the Psalms, but dotted around elsewhere, whether it's the children of Israel singing in the desert or um, the servant songs in Isaiah. Jesus and his disciples, they sing a hymn before they go to Gethsemane. And Paul breaks into song in his writings. And then you have the angels singing before the throne in the book of Revelation. And the creativity in the Bible doesn't just stop with music and song. Miriam dances. God anoints a man called Bezalel as a master craftsman to help build the tabernacle. Ezekiel made things out of clay. Weird things, yes, but he made things out of clay nonetheless. And Jesus told stories. God very clearly encourages creativity. But there can be problems. Uh, I think it was last week Adam referred to the story of Babel, um, where you have kind of combined creative minds getting their priorities wrong. Or the people of Judah and Israel, they eventually succumbed to the conquering nations due to years of sacrificing to graven images that they themselves created. And in Babylon, the exiles are forced to bow down to an enormous gold statue 
whenever the music played. And in that case, only Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse. And then in the story of Jairus' daughter, Jesus throws out the flute players because they're setting a tone of despair rather than faith and hope. God loves creativity, but in order for it to be at its very best, it needs to be infused with love and with his spirit. I went to a Roman Catholic secondary school. They were the best years of my life. And not many people can say that about their secondary school experience. Um, But it does mean that a lot of my understanding of history and theology will have a bit of a, a Roman Catholic influence. And of course, because of this, one of the periods that we studied in history was the English Reformation. And I can still remember a picture in in this textbook that I was just reading then, but now when I think back, it was quite quite a Catholic-influenced one. Um, I can remember a picture of an artist's representation of what the inside of a church would have looked like prior to Henry VIII. It was colorful, and it was full of frescoes and artwork. It was amazing. And then next to it was the artist's impression of what a, a Protestant church would have looked like, and it was stark, and it was bare. The, what came, came to happen was this iconoclasm, this destruction of icons and images, and, and that marked the Protestant Reformation. And I think it actually still has its influences today. We're kind of wary of celebrating creativity and we're wary of of celebrating even the gifts God has given us for fear that it might turn into idolatry. In in a lot of churches, it's a kind of unwritten rule that applause is sort of frowned on. Whereas in popular culture, you get it all the time in in everything, in, in pop concerts, whatever it is. And some cultures, it happens more readily than in others. And the, the British can be a little bit more held back than perhaps in the States, but, um, but applause is something that, that does come naturally. And jazz music, jazz music encourages applause. And it isn't even a waiting until the end when it's finished kind of applause. It's applause that happens in the middle, spontaneously or, or encouraged by a compare when the audience is a bit more reticent. And I think that maybe this should be a part of the culture here at Jazz Community Church. And it links into a couple of the values that we hold. Being radically hospitable means appreciating everyone and how God is using them creatively in our world. And also being authentic. I think that it's vulnerably authentic, isn't it? Being authentic. We want to avoid being po-faced. And and we might be in what we do, we might be trying to cultivate an atmosphere of of worship, but that can certainly include an appreciation of God's good creation at work in us. To some extent, we've already taken this step in in cultivating an atmosphere of creativity by choosing to include jazz standards and solos and instrumentals. We, we allow our singers to be a bit more flexible with the melody and the rhythm than you would normally find on, on the organ. Um, we allow them to explore the depth and the breadth of gifting. And it's also wonderful to see the children waving streamers, to see Dave being creative with his coloring pens. Being creative is welcome here, 
And it's a declaration of the gifts of God and the image of God working itself out in all of us as we discover how to become fully alive and deeply human. Creativity is God-given and it is good. And as we, we cultivate an atmosphere where creativity is welcomed and nurtured, I have another further hope for us as a congregation. And this one's coming from, from my background and how I feel. You see, for the last 12 years, or maybe even more than that, I've attended a house group each week on a Thursday night. And the aim of this group is to support my boss, Roger, and myself and my colleague, Annie, as we travel the country working for Christian Music Ministries. And in order to support one another, so there's, there's quite a few people in the group that have given up time every week, even though they don't work for CMM, to come and do this with us. And, and together we study the Bible, we worship, and we pray for one another. And, and that's not just for Roger and Annie and myself, it's for everyone. But importantly, this prayer that we share goes beyond intercession. It goes beyond praying for something to happen. It involves listening to God together. And we always leave space, admittedly sometimes not as much as we should. Um, this space is there to allow God to speak into different situations. So maybe we spend some time praying for an event that's coming up at the weekend. Maybe we're going up to, I don't know, Pontefract to lead a, a worship workshop day. And um, we might pray for all kinds of things like safe travel and for the, the right words for whoever's leading, uh, that kind of thing. But then after a while, um, the person leading the meeting will just pray, Lord, would you give us the gifts we need to hear you speaking? what it is that you want, us to, you want to say to us this evening and for this event. And then what we do is we wait. And, and wait some more sometimes. And, and after a while, someone might tentatively say something like, I'm not sure this is right, but in my mind I can see a picture of... Or someone else might say, you know, I just can't get this song out of my head. Maybe it's relevant. Or someone might have some scripture verses come to mind or another a message in tongues or, or someone has words that just flow into sentences from the Lord. And this moment on a Thursday night is often the most amazing moment of my week. Over the years together as a house group, we've kind of honed and developed our listening skills, but not one of us would say we were an expert. For me, when I get an image in my mind or some words, they're kind of just, just the slightest echo. And I have to work really hard to hold them in my mind and ask God what they might mean. And sometimes I tentatively share something that I'm absolutely certain I've just made up off the top of my head. But then someone else chimes in and says, you know, that really ties up closely with something I'm getting. And these times are encouraging they're challenging, they're, they're loving, and these words from God fill us with faith. Adam last week spoke about faith in practice. And for me, every time that I risk sharing something that I, th I think I might have heard from God, then for me, on those moments, that's when I'm putting my faith into practice, taking a risk. 
So why, why am I sharing this with you? It's because I firmly believe that there is just the, the finest dividing line between creativity and being prophetic. You see, God has given each one of us a creative imagination. And as people who are filled by the Spirit, the lines between what we're making up out of our heads and the word God is speaking into a situation are completely blurred. And that creative imagination is part of both the person who's doing the creating, but also, importantly, the person beholding whatever is created. So you may not feel like a creative person, but when you engage with another piece of creation, whether you're engaging with the music or just looking at a picture, whatever it is you're doing to engage with that, um, that's important too. And that's why you can sometimes feel that God has spoken to you through a piece of artwork or maybe a film or something that someone completely non-religious has created. Um, God speaks in so many ways through creation. So I long for us as a community to keep growing um, where the spirit and the word come together and bring life. And as a community, what we can do is hold each other accountable. We can weigh up anything that is brought to us, creativity, with what we know about God from the Bible. And we can decide whether or not he is in something. And maybe in time, there might be here people who love to paint or draw, who allow the spirit to speak through them as the music plays or as the Bible is read or as the preacher speaks. Or perhaps still others might like to write lyrics or poetry. Bizarrely for me, I've written most of my poems when listening to uh, live gigs of Christian singer-songwriters. I've no idea why that is, but that's, that's for some reason, that's when I get creative in that way. Um, our reflective time after the sermon, very often it's instrumental, but, but perhaps occasionally God might prompt someone to sing out a word that he is speaking. I wonder if any of you have ever, ever been in a 24-7 prayer room. Have any of you been in that kind of a situation? If you haven't, all of the ones that I have ever been in are full of prayer, yes, but they're also full of prophetic art. People draw and paint and sculpt and write. They sing, they play, they dance. And, and my longing is that maybe this wonderful space one day might also be filled with prophetic art. So just to finish, um, some of my favorite words from the Bible. Uh, this is actually a song, I believe, um, a prophetic song in Zephaniah chapter three. Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion. This bit gets me. Do not let your hands hang limp. 
The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I love that image of God singing over us. And it's as if there's this song constantly going on. And, and, and I don't mean in the heavens, I mean in the creation, in the world around us, in the, in the spiritual realm, in the earth, beneath our feet, in the air, in the sky. There's this constant lullaby. <laughs> or it might be a song of joy and praise. It might be a, a song of, of anger at the, the things that go wrong. But there's this song the Lord is singing over us all the time. So do not let your hands hang limp. Make music. Be creative in whatever way comes naturally to you. Even if you feel what you create is just rubbish for no one else to see, the Lord will delight in it and it will lift your heart. And as the Lord sings his song over each one of us, may our imaginations be filled with love and the Holy Spirit. And may our creative voices reveal God's song to those around us. Amen. Well, that's it for today from this podcast. Do uh, tune in again next week for our next uh, episode. And just a quick reminder that if you want to connect with us, we uh, gather for worship every Sunday afternoon, four o'clock at the church on Cambridge Road in Kings Heath, Birmingham, UK. Uh, we're also um, available to connect with on our website, www.jazzcommunity.church and on Facebook and Twitter and all the usual places. Hope to uh, speak to you soon.